until we know the status of the point. Possible shopping, we'll end up heading up to HCMC uh, to, to meet with uh, uh, Sergeant Pluger um, at HCMC, check on the status of what. What did you learn? Um, through the entirety of, uh, of our HCMC, we just we just did out of the uh, we were out in the, out in the hallway. Um, yeah, about maybe probably there five ten minutes. Uh, and I believe a doctor comes out and uh, uh, informs us that uh, Floyd was pronounced right, dead. Um, I left out of the uh, uh, out of the ambulance bay and who uh, stood by the ambulance bay. Uh, just I guess. Sergeant Blue was probably talking to the watch commanders. We're going to plug in. And what did you and Officer Shopman do? Uh, we, we stood out just waiting for our next instruction. Did you receive some instruction? Uh, yes, to wait for our escort officers. Okay. And from what, what, what does that mean? Uh, when officers in Minneapolis get into a critical incident, um, uh, there's kind of a mechanism where where uh, the department has a, a, a escort officer where both officer everyone separated has a uh, escort officer uh, come and wait with us and transport us to uh, city hall. Who is your escort officer? Uh, uh, I believe it was Sergeant uh, Mohammed. Excuse me. Sergeant Mohammed? Yeah. Where did he take you? Uh, City Hall. Anywhere particular, specific uh, in City Hall? I believe it was the, uh, I want to say room 100. Okay. And then you remained there for some amount of time? Yes. Okay. Um, is it okay if we just clarify some things? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just so Cup Foods at 38th in Chicago. Uh, you mentioned um, having some experience at Cup Foods. Can you elaborate on that? What what kind of calls over your time in the third precinct have you had at Cup Foods? Uh, a lot of shots fired, um, fights. Um, uh, I think I might have picked up uh, maybe. A Couple of people there on warrants. On warrants, you said? Okay. Um, the call that 320 was on, that was a, you said a forgery call? Correct. Was there any mention of violence or weapons in that call that you recall? Uh, <clears throat> I don't recall. Okay. Do you recall, like, the essence of what the complaint was? Uh, I believe it was uh, somebody. Uh, pass uh, fake, uh, I think we marked some try to pass fake bill. Okay. Uh, the person was heard uh, possibly intoxicated. Okay. Um, have you had experience with counterfeit money being passed at businesses? Uh, yes. Okay. How, I mean, how would you typically handle this stuff if that was that was Terry, all you knew? How would you handle that? 
what do you mean? Let's say the call is exactly what you said. Somebody passed a fake $20 bill in our store and appeared intoxicated. How would you have handled that? Or how would you typically handle a call like that? Um, if we have a suspect, I guess they would be detained. Um, and uh, obviously we get more backstory. Uh, while being detained, we'd probably get more of a backstory from the store. Um, and then uh, verify if, if it was actually a fake bill or not. Sure, and that makes sense. Okay. Um, is it a fairly common call? Uh, I, I would say it's a rarity to have a suspect uh, with forgery to actually be still there. They don't stick around, no? Uh, generally not. Okay. Um, and, but was the information that you recalled that there was a suspect on scene, or was the was the call just that the person who passed the bill seemed to be intoxicated? Uh, I believe in the remarks I presented, they had mentioned a vehicle okay. that was parked across the street. So. so that would be unusual in your experience to have a, a suspect in a forgery or a counterfeit bill still be on scene. Correct. Okay. Um, when you guys get there, you and officer, when I see you guys, I mean you and Officer um, Chauvin get there, you first see Officer Chang, who then points to Officers Lane and King. You describe um, seeing Mr. Floyd resisting. Can you just elaborate on that and describe more specifically what you, what you saw him do? Um, he was in handcuffs, um, uh, kind of stiffened up his body. Okay. Where, in order to, for somebody to kind of sit in the squad car, especially a big person like him, um, you need their cooperation as far as bending their knees. Okay. Uh, and because it's uh, it could be uh, tight back there, especially for a big person. Mm -hmm. um, so if you don't have some level of cooperation uh, for uh, for you uh, for uh, from the suspect, it's going to be extremely tough, especially yeah. if you won't bend his knee. Okay. Uh, and he's a bigger guy. Um, and and and. And uh, I think they asked every time to sit down, to sit, to sit in the squad car, and he's not not falling. He's, he's refusing to sit. Okay. I mean, you mentioned he was saying he's claustrophobic. What else was he saying? Um. Uh. That he didn't want. They, I think he was saying he wanted to talk or something like that. Okay. Uh, and he, but he was instructed to sit in the squad car. Do you, do you do you know what the urgency was to get him in the squad car? Uh, no. Do you know if he was formally under arrest? Uh, no, we're acting good faith. So, so as far as you knew, they wanted to get him in the squad. Yep, backing officers. Okay. Have you had experience with people who are under the influence? Yes. Okay. Because you described that you felt that he maybe was under the influence. Okay. Right. Is it, in your experience, has it been common, or is it common that people who are under the influence are sometimes hard to rationalize with? Yes. Did you see any, or at the time there, uh, have any thoughts about maybe an alternative way to handle this, being a little more veteran officer? Um, first, uh, 
it, it was an art home. We're, we're just a backup officer, so we don't. Uh, I, uh, I don't have back information as far as uh, uh, sure. what happened prior to us arriving. But you're seeing what you're seeing right there in front. Yep. And obviously, what the rookie officers are doing isn't working. Did you make any suggestions about maybe an alternative to uh, try to get them in the car? Later on. Later on. But what about prior to getting them in the car? Uh, no. Okay. Did you actually physically assist trying to put him in the car? Uh, no, I never. You uh, weren't able to get him. I don't ever uh, touching him. Okay. All right. But you went around to the passenger side where Officer Lane was. Do I have that correct? At some point, yes. At some point. But then he had already kind of, I think you said, um, fleeing. He flinged himself yep. out of the car. Yep. What, what did he do to fling? Like, how did he do that? Uh, uh, so it's kind of like he scooped himself and then kind of with his foot um, pushed himself out against some side of the, the squad. Okay, pushed himself out and then kind of... From my view, that's what I saw. Okay, and then came out of the car. And then you made the suggestion to put him on, on the road. Uh, and so they, they try again to do the same thing again. What do you mean? Uh, try to get him to sit in the squad car. Oh, okay. But from that side. And that time, I'm like, all right, guys, it's pointless to do this. Let's put him on the ground. Was there ever any um, discussion or suggestion that maybe we just... Talk to him and see what the problem is. Um, I, I would assume they, they probably. Well, about from you though. Okay. I mean, did you make that suggestion or try to do that? Uh, I was not a contact officer, so I did. Uh, I did not attempt to do that. Understood. Okay. Um, so you went through the. You said the forty-hour CIT crisis intervention training. Yes. From your experience, have you used that on the street? Uh, yes. Those techniques that you learned in that um, crisis intervention training. Was there anything about this call that suggested to you maybe this might be a good use of those skills as a crisis intervention officer? Um, I'd say it doesn't, uh, it doesn't hurt to try. Did you try? I did, I did not try. I was not the contact officer. So. What, I mean, why does that matter? Uh, I don't have much of a, I guess, because uh, uh, I would like just kind of backtrack a little bit here. I, uh, I don't know what happened prior to it. Okay. I guess the only attempt I, uh, you could say is, uh, you know, just to kind of tell him to relax. Okay. Did you do that? I did. Okay. How did he respond to that? Uh, he didn't respond at all. Okay. He was still kind of a, a, a manic stage, I guess. It seems it's, you used the word uh, pointless, that it, what the officers were doing seemed to be pointless. At, at that point, it, it was, uh, uh, we've already spent uh, several minutes trying to get a squad car uh, from the dr driver's side. Do you know how many minutes you actually were spending when, by the time you got there? I know you don't know what was happening prior, but right. when you got there, about how many minutes? I, 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 I wasn't counting. Rough estimate? Did it seem like um, several or a couple or what do you think? Maybe a couple minutes, I, uh, roughly. Okay. Um, what was the purpose of calling for the ambulance? Uh, I felt that uh, uh, that he was uh, likely gonna uh, that he was possibly on drugs. Okay. Just the way he was acting, erratic uh, behavior, um, and we wouldn't be even if we 
why transporting it would be it would be able to transport him the, the way he was acting. Okay, so what was the hope that the ambulance or paramedics could do for you? Uh, at least uh, assess them and, uh, and, and uh, figure out what we're going to do from there. Okay, even though he's struggling with you guys? Uh, uh, yes. What could they do to help with a struggling um, person? Uh, they, they can uh, restrain him uh, better. Um, better? Yeah. Okay. Why don't you elaborate on that? Um, so, instead of being handcuffs, mm -hmm. uh, usually when we deal with uh, people that are uh, kind of excited to deliver uh, or, or on high on something, uh, and, uh, and they're out of control, uh, it's just with holding them down, mm -hmm. putting them on, a, on the uh, ambulance gurney there. And usually what they have to do is uh, handcuff him, uh, their own handcuffs, and uh, handcuff that person uh, to the uh, gurney. Does that help calm people down? Uh, it restrains them uh, until, uh, uh, until paramedics can kind of assess what they need to go from there. Okay. You, you mentioned uh, just a second ago excited delivery. You said correct. Um, what, what is that as far as you understand? Um, uh, the big, uh, I guess it could be a, a mental health or, or, or uh, uh, more than likely drug related um, where they, they're, uh, they go on a high um, in the like extreme high, and, and they're uh, they're acting erratic. Mm -hmm. They're not making sense. Um, uh, kind of generally, from my experience, sweating profusely. Uh, you're unable to reason with them at all. They, they don't really have a any self awareness, mm -hmm. um, and they pot uh, potentially very explosive mm -hmm. um, and violent. Um, uh, if they have like, drugs uh, in their system, they could uh, they kind of have that that uh, superhuman strength okay. with uh, if there's drugs in, on board. It could excited delirium also potentially be fatal to a person? Uh, yes. Okay. Where did you learn? Like, how do you know this about excited delirium? Um, we, we learned it through uh, what. This part, part of being licensed is mm -hmm. um, you go through, through the Minnesota Post Board uh, curriculum there. Um, that's where it initially was taught about that. And then there's further uh, training uh, with MPE. Does, in your understanding of excited delirium, does struggling or fighting with, let's say, officers have any role in exacerbating excited delirium or making that worse. I think that's kind of out of the scope of knowledge. You, okay. And you're asking questions like he's a medical person. Well, I, I, I think... You have a question about his training, I'd ask That is a training question, I would I would say. Well, you didn't ask it that way. In your training on excited delirium, have you heard or learned any information about the role a struggle has with excited delirium? Um... I think I've uh, maybe uh, I've I've read it before. Okay. Was there a concern at the scene about excited delirium? Uh, 
I would say, for me, it was, uh, at the time, it was more like a, a, a drug-related, uh, potentially, uh, uh, like, uh, possibly, like, consuming uh, drugs before, like, officers. Okay. Did you hear Officer Lane specifically say he was concerned about excited delirium? Uh, I did not. Okay. Did you think that Mr. Floyd was perhaps having a drug overdose? Is that what you're trying to say? It's a possibility. Possibility. In my mind, it was a possibility. Does that change in any way the way um, officers would, in your experience and training, officers would respond to somebody? Um, I guess it really depends if they have knowledge of it or not. Okay. What were some of the things that Mr. Floyd was saying when he was on the ground being restrained that you heard? Uh, it, he was saying that, it, that he couldn't breathe, uh, but then he was obviously yelling and talking. Uh, what does that, what does that mean? Uh, obviously, we're, in, in school, we're, we're trained like, hey, if a suspect's uh, uh, claim they, uh, uh, claiming that they can't uh, breathe, if they're talking, they, they're breathing, obviously. Um, you got to be able to breathe in order uh, to say something. Okay. Um, you know, it's no different than, uh, I guess, being to put chase somebody and, 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 uh, and they're exhausted. And uh, we're exhausted, and, and obviously we're taking a lot of breaths, mm -hmm. and it feels like I'm not breathing. You know, okay. Able to breathe. From where you were standing, where were other officers positioned on Mr. Floyd? Uh, I believe uh, Chauvin was uh, uh, was at the the, uh, the head of the the uh, Floyd. Mm -hmm. I believe Ching was uh, in the middle and uh, torso, and uh, Lane was at the foot. You say Ching? Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Clarify. King. Oh, King. Okay. Because Officer Ching is the park officer, yeah, but field. Okay. Do you know the spelling of Officer King's name versus Ching, just so they can understand it? I, I believe uh, you already have. Uh, so Ching is C H A N G. Yeah. yeah. And King is K U E N G. Something like that. That's how I understand it. Yeah, kind of a newer guy. So Kang and Chang. I couldn't tell you how to spell it correctly. But just so it's clear, Officer Chauvin, Officer Kang, and then Officer Lane at the feet. Yes. Did I have that right? Okay. Um, who are you closest to in this kind of chain of or group of officers? Officer Chauvin. What did you see Officer Chauvin doing? Uh, he's, he's struggling with the guy because he's, he's kind of moving a little bit, squirreling around. Okay. Um, I, I think at some point I asked uh, the guy, what do you want? Meaning, what, what drugs are you using? Because I know I have with some way, generally, well, no. they'd like to know sure. that information. He didn't respond. So, okay, how was Officer Chauvin getting control of Mr. Floyd. Uh, I, I can't see what he's doing his, with his arms or anything like that because it uh, kind of uh, offset him a little bit. Uh, uh, 
from I, my first initial was, uh, view of it, he, it's kind of his knees are moving, uh, depending on, on like the suspect. It's moving uh, between the, the back of the uh, the back of the, the head, neck, uh, shoulder blade. Which knee? Uh, I believe it's a left knee. Left knee. Okay. Do you know? Are you have you seen that? or used a maneuver similar to that? Uh, no. Um, are you trained to handcuff people? Yes. Is that something you have to refresh on every year with your use of force? Yes. Training? Okay. Um, how many different ways are there to handcuff people? Um, lots of ways. Can you think of like three off the top of your head that you're probably trained in every year? Um, this is over, under. Uh, How about the position of the person you're trying to arrest or handcuff? Uh, well, it, it usually we do uh, as far as uh, practice. Um, they'll be standing on their knees and, uh, and on their uh, stomach. Prone, I think yeah. they call yeah. that? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so you've trained in how to handcuff somebody prone. Do you use your knee when you typically try to hand, handcuff somebody in a prone position? Uh, I, I've seen trainers teach uh, 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 use the knee to kind of uh, leverage yourself. Is that how you're trained, though, to, to do a prone handcuffing technique, to put your knee, to use your knee to help handcuff a person? Uh, what do you mean here? Leverage? Well, are, are you trained to, have you been trained by the Minneapolis Police Department to handcuff somebody in a prone position? Yes. Do you utilize the knees to effectuate that handcuffing? Um, there, I guess there's there's a specific mm -hmm. uh, technique where they teach where you you you, you have uh, where you have the the, the person's arms mm -hmm. uh, uh, between their knees. Right. right. Okay. So was was what Officer Chauvin doing? Similar or different to what you would normally do if you're trying to prone handcuff somebody? Uh, you, uh, Floyd was already handcuffed, so... Right. Okay. So that maneuver that you saw Officer Chauvin use, is that something you've been trained in? Uh, I've never used it. Have you ever seen Officer Chauvin do that before in calls? Uh, I don't recall. So have you ever done that on a uh, I, I've never uh, done that. Okay. Did you see his knee? On Officer, um, I'm sorry. Did you see Officer Chauvin's knee on Mr. Floyd's neck? Yeah. At some point, yes. At some point, okay. Was it constantly there, or did it move around, or uh, something? I, I, uh, from what I can, uh, because I'm uh, majority of my attention mm -hmm. uh, is focused on traffic. Mm -hmm. I'm not always looking down at, at what they're doing. I'm trusting them to do what they uh, what right. what they're doing. I am kind of trusting you to kind of wash your back. Yeah. So I'm spending the majority of my time looking out at traffic and, and the crowd. Okay. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So you're not constantly I'm, I'm not watching, there, but I'm you are looking back just to make sure everything's right. looking back and forth, it sounds like? Right. Okay. Um, the hobble. What was, so the, the purpose of the hobble was what? Uh, to uh, restrain a person. A fighting person that isn't handcuffed. Okay. And what part of the body are you trying to restrain if you've got them handcuffed? Uh, generally, uh, their foot to waist. 
Okay. Was he somehow using his feet that they needed to be hobbled? In your uh, opinion? I believe I saw it, uh, uh, Officer Lane kind of kind of struggle with the, the, the with uh, getting control of of uh, Floyd okay. at the leg. So that's why I, I wanted to get it to prevent you know, us getting hurt or, or, or uh, Lane getting hurt or getting kicked. Yeah. Did the hobble ever get applied? Uh, I don't believe so. Do you know? I, I, I think we kind of forego that because the ambulance is already. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Say, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, at some point, did he, did Mr. Floyd kind of stop actively moving around and kicking and things like that? Um, I think when that occurred, I, I think I was already, most of my back was already kind of, uh, away. Could you hear him saying anything no. differently about, you know, hey, I'm, I'll cooperate or anything to that effect? Uh, I, I wasn't, like, focused on, uh, on what he's saying at, at that time. What were you focused on? Uh, trying to communicate with, uh, those guys, uh, and also, uh, paying attention to traffic and, and the crowd. So, the crowd, if we could just talk about that, you a couple times referred to that crowd as hostile. Um, what is it they were saying to you that made you think they were, or made you believe they were being hostile towards you? Um, you good sign is usually you start cursing at you. Okay. Anything else uh, specific that they were saying to you? Uh, as far as what, what, what they were saying, like conversation, having... But they were yelling at you. Okay. And, and yeah, they were saying, officers. yeah, get, get off, uh, get off him, get off his neck, you know, look at him. Suggesting what? Uh, check on Yeah, check on him. Did you do that? That was not my job. Okay. So no? No. Okay. Um, is the crowd yelling at you and basically all the, all the officers... To check on him, to get off him, is that was that them being hostile, or was that them trying to alert your attention that something was going on with Mr. Floyd? Um, and how did you take that? Several, well, several times they 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 could they they got, uh, came onto the street. Okay. So, uh, and I had to tell them several times to get back on the street. And at some at one point, uh, one of when the, uh, when it was a kid or something, came on the street and then I tell him to you know back off and he, he ends up pushing, uh, I'm kind of pushing him back on the street. Pushing him back. A sidewalk and he ends, ends up pushing me so that to me that's kind of uh, escalating the act a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, so then the decision is made to have EMS come step it up to code three. Yeah. At some point, uh, I, I asked. Uh, uh, chronology, I don't recall exactly where it was at, but uh, I, I, I do remember asking Lane the, that ambulance coming in and what what uh, code, and told me it was two, and then I uh, uh, wanted to hear code three because the, the, the environment that was occurring in the hostile crowd. And, okay. Did the code three response have anything to do with Mr. Floyd's change in disposition? Um, I, I don't recall, um, 
uh, I guess the uh, the events of uh, you know the, when uh, I, I believe when I was talking to uh, to uh, Lane, I believe that uh, uh, Floyd was still uh, uh, alive and, 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 and talking. Did you observe though a change in his demeanor from when you first got there till the paramedics got there? Um, I would say the majority of the time I wasn't looking at Floyd. I, I, I'm just pr primarily focused on the crowd, the crowd, and and the, uh, the traffic. Was the crowd letting you know that there was a change in Mr. Floyd's yes disposition? What were they telling you? Uh, they're saying that he wasn't moving. Do you have any concerns about that? Uh, uh, Not yeah. the crowd, but Mr. Floyd. Um, I, I would. Uh, I was concerned with the crowd. I mean, I would hope that the other officers would do their job and, and, and check on them. So you put I, your trust in the other I, three I, I, to take care of Mr. Floyd, and you took care of the crowd. Correct. Okay. So when the medics get there, what um, do they assess him? Um, you know, I that part, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at the medics at all. I, okay. Uh, I know the ambulance behind me because they. They come up behind me, but I'm not uh, aware of what sure. uh, at that time what they're doing because I'm not looking at them. With that crowd there, um, it sounds and you know I mean we've all seen some videos from it. it. Seems like it was a little chaotic. Did you ever call for additional officers to assist you guys? Uh, I did not. But the medics get there, and then do you see it when they roll him on the side, of Mr. Floyd? Do you see? Mr. Floyd at that time? Uh, I, think I spent my majority of the time uh, uh, looking at the at the crowds. I didn't know when, when they... You didn't see them roll him on his side? I don't recall seeing that. Okay. How about when they get him up on the stretcher? Do you have any observations? I didn't see that, uh, recall seeing that part either. Okay. Um, do you know if any weapons or anything were found on Mr. Floyd? By uh, not, that I'm, not that I'm aware of. How about after the fact? Did you learn about any weapons? I did not learn of any weapons. Okay. Um, the vehicle that he was in, did you did you search that car at all? I did not. Did Officer King or Officer Lang take a peek at it in your presence? Um, I, 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 I don't remember. Uh, I, I think they might have just locked the doors. I don't, I'm not sure uh, uh, if they actually did search the vehicle or not. Okay. Did you have any injuries sustained? No. How about and did any of the other officers in your presence complain of any potential injuries? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Not that you're aware of? Okay. Did you see the um, the counterfeit bill at any point later on in the night? I, I think I... Uh, the alleged counterfeit bill, I guess. I, I think Officer King had, had like a... I'm not sure if that's the specific bill, but uh, he had like a, 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 a bill uh, that he was... Uh, I'm assuming. Did it look phony to you? Uh, I didn't. You yeah, didn't see it? Yeah, he was okay. I never looked at it. All right. I saw it from a distance. Understood. Okay, so the first sergeant that, that shows up is Sergeant Pluger, is that correct? Correct. Is he your sergeant? Yes. Okay. Um, what information did you tell Sergeant Pluger? Um, I, 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 mean, I, I didn't debrief him anything, yeah, or, or I didn't brief him or anything as far as. The, the incident. Were you present when somebody briefed Sergeant? Uh, I, th I think I was there. Uh, I, I wasn't paying attention. I, I actually uh, went to the squad car just to, to just check on the status, uh, the updates. 
uh, I didn't see any remarks updates as far as uh, um, uh, of Floyd's status. Were you concerned that Mr. Floyd was? Oh yeah, yeah, obviously. Danger. Yeah, obviously. death or something. Okay, I was concerned the status. Okay. Well, what, when you say obviously, what do you, I mean, why, why is that obvious? Oh, I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want, uh, you, you don't want people dying or, you know, I don't wish death upon right. people, you know. So did you suspect that something bad was happening there at the scene when the paramedics came? Uh, I, uh, I, I realized that this might have been, uh, kind of, because uh, a big, incident when the fire department showed up and they're uh, said they're here to help the the, the ambulance uh, okay and generally when they, they show up they, the ambulance needs help with whatever medical procedures like okay or something. Right, so, when I, so when the ambulance left and then the fire department showed up asking where the ambulance was yep. you put two and two together that this was more significant call then maybe what you thought is that yes. accurate or not accurate yes okay um after learning about well, let me see here um so officer lane's on the ambulance as far as you know uh later i find out you found it he was. Okay. I, I i figure out that he was ambulance when they dropped him off so before sergeant pluger gets there it's just you officer shaman officer king and officer chang uh, yes. All right. What what's the discussion that happens there um, amongst you guys? The, 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 the discussion I mainly have and recall just happened. It was with uh, kind of uh, with uh, Chang just letting him know that you know uh, what's going on. Uh, just make sure uh, you do a report. Okay. Um, just because he didn't do too much. Yeah. Is um, your body camera on this whole time, or do you deactivate it? Uh, I think at that time we were just standing around, so it was uh, deactivated. You deactivated it. The scene had already been called for, and uh, we've been standing by for you know several minutes. All right. Did Officer King share with you kind of an overview of what happened before you guys got there? You and Officer Chauvin got there. I didn't uh, talk to him as far as what happened. Um, my only interaction with him was when he's, he was talking uh, as if uh, he, they were going to just clear the scene like it's kind of like another call. Okay. Uh, and saying that they were just going to leave the, the car there. And I kind of, uh, at that point, I, I don't think, due to his experience, I don't think he realized the gravity of the situation. Right. So I kind of broke it down for him like, no, we're, we're not leaving the scene and we're not leaving this car here. Uh, there's uh, there's two guys, uh, a male and a female, I think that was were there, and it seemed like uh, as they were leaving, it seemed like they they wanted to come back to the car. So you're giving some instruction to Officer King about what the proper procedure. What, what the proper procedure? Because I didn't want the integrity of, of uh, evidence yeah. to possibly disappear and leave the department, uh, you know, looking like it. Uh, we're trying to cover it up. And as a vet, as the one of the veteran officers on the scene, you saw that as your kind of responsibility to take control of that. Yes. Uh, well, uh, or provide some instruction. Give him what he should do. Okay. Uh, 
uh, so I told him that that we weren't going that we're not going to do that. Uh, you shouldn't do that. You need to call a supervisor and make them have them make the decision. Any reason why that what that instruction and advice that you gave to Officer King after the fact? Any reason why you didn't offer that kind of same leadership advice? earlier when they were struggling with Mr. Floyd? I didn't have that enough information, okay. uh, in my opinion. When you learned that Mr. Floyd had died, what what would what, what, you think? Yeah, yeah I, I don't want anyone needed to die. I mean, it was kind of a somber moment, uh, you know, especially for me. My heart kind of sank. Did you and Officer Shaw then talk about it there in the ambulance bay? Uh, I don't remember talking to him as far as... We generally, our relationship-wise, we, we don't really... Uh, are, we don't really talk much. We're, we're a natural, quiet person. Were you worried about this? I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, personally, yeah, I was worried about yeah. it. Yeah. Is, is that why you guys didn't talk about it? Because yeah. you knew that this was probably going to... Yeah, this is probably going to be a, a big deal. Did you notify anybody else when you learned? Um, I did. I, uh, I, I, I told uh, Officer Chang that, hey, uh, I'll let you know of updates. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I sent him a message saying, hey, give me a call. It's my work phone. Mm -hmm. um, so I could tell him that, hey, make sure, this is now uh, kind of a critical incident. You need to tell your sergeant. Uh, call your sergeant. Let him know what happened, uh, and it's a critical incident. So uh, that, that was kind of the extent of it. So you gave my heads up. Right. Like this is this could be something. Okay. Generally, uh, you know, Minneapolis, the city, we don't really talk too much with the park. So I just want to make sure that I wasn't surprised. Or that seems fair. Um, had had you have you since this incident had an opportunity to view any of the videos, especially maybe the, the main video that the bystander took? Uh, I'd say I'd forward through some. You what? I, I viewed some, but not in, in its entirety. Yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on that video? Because um, like you said, you were facing the crowd, so you weren't really paying much attention to that video. It was obviously paying a lot of attention on what Officer Chauvin and Mr. Floyd's interaction is. And I'm curious what your thoughts on that are. Can I ask a question while you're asking what the thoughts are? We don't normally put thoughts down in police reports. You give them in some reason. Well, he's a human being. I'm just curious what his what Well, I understand that, but he's here to give a voluntary statement about what happened, not necessarily what his thoughts were. Okay. You don't want to answer that question? Is that what you're I'm saying? Advising. Yeah, okay. I'll take his advice. Sounds good. Um, do you think there was anything you could have done differently to intervene? Uh, I'm in the belief that there's always something different you can always do in every single call. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to second guess, right? It's easy to look in hindsight. Um, have you have you thought about things like that and what maybe could have been done differently? Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, there, like what? Um, well, if, I guess if you're being human, I, 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 if... Uh, uh, differently, I guess.
guess uh, to be you know more observant towards uh, the, the, the the Floyd. Uh, you know, when I'm kind of standing up and um, paying attention to traffic and uh, you know maybe too focused on you know, what uh, guarding the scene. Thank you. Um, what effect has this holy back been through had on you personally? Um, I'd, I'd say this is uh, it's a, it's a, it's a horrible feeling. Uh, you know, you don't, yeah, obviously you don't, you don't ever want. You hope to go through your career but never having to deal with a situation like this. You know, when someone dies, um, it, it's it's affect uh, my family and uh, uh, kind of taking a you know, it, very safe, it's taking a mental toll. You know. Have you been in a critical incident prior to this? No. Mind if I ask you some follow-up questions? Okay. Uh, earlier in the interview, you mentioned that uh, your training was extended a month. Was that in the academy, or was that an FTO process? Not field training. The field training. While you were in the academy, did you have any deficiencies in any of your training? Like 10 years ago. I suppose you could you know, find, I don't really recall too much. Uh, I guess uh, you know, there's probably some, uh, as a new policy, it would be some, a lot of deficiency, I guess. Okay. A lot of deficiencies. Uh, to be, I guess, to be uh, critical of myself as, as far as training. Was there, any, sorry, I was there anything that held you back? Um... I guess when uh, it's, I guess it's natural for recruits to, uh, uh, and, and probably true for me as well as decision making. Okay, so you, there was special attention to your decision making while you were in the academy. Is that accurate? Yep, you keep kind of deciding what, what you're going to do on the call. Okay. okay. Um, in the FTO process, that was extended a month, correct? Yep. What were the reasons for your extension? Um, try to remember here. Uh, I, I think it was like uh, I got into uh, like uh, maybe my, I might have been like uh, officer safety. I, I don't recall off the top of my head exactly what. I think it might have been a, a few, few things. A few things. Yeah. Do you recall any of those? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. Really. I, I think it's uh, kind of more officer safety uh, decision making. I think it was. So officer safety and decision making. All right, let's move more towards kind of the incident itself. Um, you mentioned a couple times during the interview that uh, it was pointless, it's not going to work. 
referring to getting Mr. Floyd into the back of the squad car. Is that accurate? Okay. Based on that, you made a decision to direct the officers to put Mr. Floyd on the ground? No, I suggested we put him on the ground. Okay. Is there any reason why you decided to direct them to put Mr. Floyd on the ground specifically as opposed to other options? It's the best way to control somebody is when they're on the ground, prone up. That's the best maximum way to control someone. Okay. And how many officers were attempting to control Mr. Floyd at the time? Three. Okay. Was he in handcuffs? Yes. Okay. Is it typical for a suspect in handcuffs to not be controlled with three officers present? What do you mean, like? Is that general? Does that happen often? Are you referring to him and his experience? Yes, and your experience? I hadn't run into any experience, I guess, where three officers have to restrain him. It's not typical. It doesn't happen daily, I guess. It's a rarity, I guess you could say. Okay. You mentioned during the interview that you were concerned about the three officers who were holding Mr. Floyd down and the traffic, correct? Traffic, crowd control. I don't really, since I'm not having to restrain him, I don't really have a job, so I kind of have to, therefore, kind of by default. From my experience in our training is that you need to take a guard position for your fellow officers. Okay. At any point did you mention to the officers that they should either move from the road and go onto the sidewalk? No. Okay. Is there a reason for that? It just never occurred to me. Did Mr. Floyd, based on your observation, struggle the entire time he was on the ground? Yes, from the time I've seen. I'm sorry. I wouldn't say from the time I'm observing them. The majority of the time he was struggling. Okay. Did you ever see him cease to struggle? I believe I did peek maybe a couple of times, just check, kind of look back to make sure they're still there. Okay. And what was happening? Was Mr. Floyd just laying there or was he talking? What was happening when you peeked? He was just laying there. Okay. You said earlier that you could hear Mr. Floyd making statements. Is that accurate? Such as, I can't breathe. No. Did you ever cease hearing Mr. Floyd talk? Yes. Did you check on him at that point? That was not my job at that moment. To do that, I would trust the other officers as they're in contact. Okay. What was your job? You mentioned the crowd and the traffic. Is that accurate? Correct. Okay. As far as people talking to you, what were they saying? I know you mentioned it before. What were they saying? A lot of them, obviously, upset, saying check on him. He's not breathing or not moving. Something in those terms. Okay. 
at that point, did you check on Mr. Floyd? Uh, no, because my job is seems security. I, that I would trust on those guys. I, I can't multi-temp on, you know. Uh, God only gave me uh, one body and two, two hands and two legs. I, I can't be two places at once. So. Real quickly, at room 100, if it's okay, let's talk about that. When you went down to room 100, what was what was going on at room 100 when you got there? Um, I think they're, they're trying to figure out, uh, I think they're calling commands down mm -hmm. and, and trying to get uh, um, union rep, reps and lawyers. Okay. Did, did anybody from Minneapolis Police Department, administration, or any other level take a statement from you about what happened? Uh, the you said administration? Yeah. Uh, no. How about the union or anybody else? Uh, a, a union lawyer. Okay. So you spoke to an attorney about what happened, but nobody else no. until today? When you... Like, is today the first time you've really given a statement yeah. to someone other than your attorney? Yeah, this, yep, this uh, really, uh, uh, the only time really given a, the whole detail of, yeah. the, of what happened. Okay. Were you, um, on the day that this incident down at Room 100, offered uh, the opportunity to consent to a blood sample? He can talk about what happened that day, but when I can talk about who asked him to speak or anything like that. What about a blood sample? That's fair. Were you, were you offered a blood sample by the BCA? No. You were not offered one? Uh, no. Okay. I was told by the, that, uh, that I was a witness officer, so they Okay, so because you, the belief was that you didn't actively participate in restraining him, that, that you were not offered a blood sample? Correct. Okay. I wasn't there. I didn't know that. All right. Um, Officer Chauvin, does he have more years on than you? Yes. Do you know how many years on? Approximately, yes. It's okay if you don't. I'm just curious. I, I'm not sure. Okay. But he's, he's senior to you. All right. All right. What's kind of the, I mean, does he have a supervisory? Role with the police department? No. Patrol officer level, just like you? Okay. Is there any, like, informal kind of hierarchy when you have somebody with more experience or, or more years on versus less years on? Like, do you somehow treat them differently? Sure. How so? Um, uh, just, as, as, you know, as far as, uh, Who's going to drive? Who's going to uh, sit in the passenger? Yeah. Okay. So if Chauvin said, I want to drive today, but you really wanted to drive today, you would defer to him because he has more seniority? Correct. Would that be an example, I guess? Okay. Um, I don't really have any other questions. Is it okay if I ask some questions? No. Okay. I specifically talked to Jeff Paulson and said we were fine with the FBI being here, but that you weren't free to ask questions. I thought that was communicated to you. Okay. No, it, was, it wasn't in such uh, definitive terms. I do have some definition questions from training stuff that... Okay. Why don't that suggest you speak to Mr. Paulson okay. before those questions? Okay, that works. Um, anything else, James? Mr. Tell, is there anything else you can think of that might be important for us to know that we haven't discussed today or asked you about? Um... I know we've asked you a lot of questions. Thank you for answering them. Can I ask one question? Uh, you were asked 
whether you were offered a blood sample. You indicated that you were not offered a blood sample because you were told you were a witness officer. Is that correct? That's correct. And who told you that? Um, I believe it was a, 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 a BCA agent. Do you recall yes. which BCA officer told I, you that? I, I did not get the name. Male or female? I think it was a male. Mm -hmm. About him that you remember? White guy. Okay. <laughs> that describes a few of us. Okay. I didn't, right. I didn't get his name. So bottom line is, though, you were told you didn't need to, you, we weren't even going to ask you for a blood draw because you Yeah, we, uh, as far there. as my understanding, does, I think somebody went to get connected to me as well, and, and, and they said, since I was a witness officer, I, the only thing they needed was uh, take my picture and body camera. Okay, and that, that was done? All right. Okay. Anything else, uh, Mr. Pauly? and there was one FBI agent interviewing Tu Tao a former Minneapolis police that was at 38th Street and Chicago Avenue at Cups Foods on May 25th, 2020 when they caused the death of George Floyd. There's a lot I could say, but I wasn't there. So it's not fair for me to judge them with hindsight 2020 vision. But I know that George Floyd could be, should be alive, and there's no reason for him to have died in that manner. Homicide. No way. The um, interview just confirmed that for me. There was a lack of initiative, lack of interest, and they killed him. 
that's my opinion